Out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Good evening, everybody. It is the look back with Sam and Maddie. I'm not Sam, though. I'm Chris. Uh, it is Sam's birthday, so I am filling in here. Uh, it's a little late for me here on the East Coast, but did just have a good game. Did work out well for me financially and just, you know, from a, it was decent to watch. Um, how about you? How are you doing tonight? I mean, I'm a little bummed I didn't get invited to Sam's um, little birthday hoorah, but it's fine. I'm here and I'm thriving. Well, that, that's all we can ask. I didn't so, win any big money like you did, though. Uh, I didn't win big money tonight. Tonight was uh, kind of broke even in a couple, won a little bit here and there. I was really heavy on Antonio Gibson. Uh, I was heavy on, on Washington as a whole, and I thought Russ would not have a good game. And uh, he didn't, but it was almost really bad. It was almost a really bad game. So, you know, we could talk about Thanksgiving, but let's talk about this game. I mean, this game first, I, I think that's what you guys do. It's, again, usually pretty late yeah. for me. And, you know, if this game doesn't go well, I, I just want to get to sleep and get on to the next week. But this week was good. This game was good. Uh, Washington has been streaking. They've looked a lot better in recent weeks, winning a couple of games. That defense, uh, despite not having, you know, the, the cornerstone and chase, like they've they've looked really pretty stout the last couple of weeks. They've done okay. I've been really impressed with Heineke and what he's been doing. Um, even with all the off-field drama that's surrounding them right now, I'm impressed that they've done as well as they've done, but also the Seahawks, I mean, you've said it, they just don't look good right now. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know what it is. Um, Russ I mean, doesn't I, I, look like he wants to be out there playing. I don't all. think DK wants to either. I don't know if like Russ just feels like DK is a little too much of a heathen or something like that. And he doesn't want to throw the ball. I mean, I don't have any other, that doesn't seem like a good explanation, but I don't have any other explanation for how he missed him wide open so many times. And throughout this entire season, when Russ has been playing, he has significantly favored looking towards Tyler Lockett. Uh, this isn't something mm -hmm. new. This was just in prime time and highlighted, uh, you know, Derrick Henry broke this team. I agree. So I it's, it's all bad. I think that they're heading towards a rebuild. Yeah. And, and I've seen some people talk about it. I mean, the, you don't necessarily really have a window. You have to get rid of a lot of these guys. Your defense is not good. Mm -hmm. um, we saw it here. The, the offense has the pieces. I mean, arguably this offense should be one that's high powered, but not having a running back, not having an offensive line. And, you know, having two receivers that just seemingly can't play uh, well at the same time, right. it it's just hasn't bode well for them. But, yeah, getting back to your point, Heineke has looked fantastic. He gets better mm -hmm. throughout the games. He still does throw a couple of those passes out there that just, like, uh, you, you got to bring it down a little bit. You're going to get one of your wide receivers killed. It was almost <laughs> Logan Thomas today, and it ended up in, being an interception. But, um, yeah. you know, you can kind of take that with uh, while he's not a young literally young quarterback, uh, a young career quarterback, I guess you could say. I'd say he's a really, really great backup quarterback, and that's how he plays. Yeah, I mean, he's better than a lot of quarterbacks that are playing right now, though. Uh, I mean, I think Heineke's playing better than Jared Goff. He's better than anybody in Chicago. Uh, arguably, probably better than Jimmy Most G. of the rookies, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a couple. We can actually kind of go through these games, and as we go through them, we can, we can talk about back. how does how does Heineke rate? Would he do better in these situations? Uh, the big thing for fantasy, though, is with McKissick going down, uh, Antonio Gibson carrying a huge load, and that was despite before the injury, didn't get mm -hmm. any of the touchdowns, but uh, Gibson looks like he could be that guy that uh, wins a couple people their leagues if, uh, if they're still in contention after dealing with him for the – first 12 to 14 weeks. I agree, especially when we're heading towards the back end of the season. We're going to be running the ball a little bit more. So I agree. He's he's the guy that I would look at. Yeah, and that's a point we'll bring up. There's a couple teams that just have kind of changed the direction completely where their offense is going. Uh, maybe it's just a microcosm, a couple of games, but uh, teams are running the ball a lot more, it seems like. So going back to Thanksgiving, we started the game or the games with the Bears and the Lions. This was a really tough game. 
uh, on a lot of fronts. Both of the running backs were super chalk on every DFS slate, mm -hmm. and neither of them were able to produce one because of injury and the other one quite possibly partially because of the other one's injury and neither offense really get going. I don't have a lot to talk about in this game. Darnell Mooney looked good. Dalton was okay. The rest of it was eh. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. It was really hard for me to even watch this game. I ended up having to go back and watch some of the highlights just to be able to put down notes. And, I mean, I I really don't like to watch Jared Goff play. I think that he a lot of times looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and that's literally what my what my uh, report was about. I was really bummed with Swift, as everybody was, with him leaving the game. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot on – Lions Bears. Well, and, and yeah, I'm sure the highlights didn't take you very long to go back and watch. You know, the, the point about Jared Goff, he's not played well. He has looked poor, but I mean, look, he doesn't have a great offensive line. And he certainly he has doesn't no have, offensive line. Yeah. He doesn't have wide receivers. I think you put just about anybody in that situation and they're going to look similarly bad. Uh, Goff has always been a guy that has done very poorly under pressure. That's why he was able to be successful in, on the Rams at times when they had a great offensive line and he was not pressured. Uh, but that's just not going to be the case here. I, you know, I, I think he's coming back next year. I, I think you kind of almost have to give him that. Um, but hopefully you can give him a, at least a competent. NFL level wide receiver. I mean, when you come into the season thinking Tyrell Williams, uh, probably who fits in as a number three wide receiver on any team in the league is your number one. And he goes down and his backup goes down and his backup goes down. It's just kind of a doom season. I just hope they can get a win. I agree. When they start to build, they're not going to be, they're going to build around golf. Well, the next game, though, stark contrast. We had the Raiders and the Cowboys. This was a game, you know, and, and I had seen you talk about it with Doc, and I had kind of pinpointed the Raiders just felt like they were kind of imploding. Um, and I did not expect this type of uh, this type of game from them. I think this is more of a byproduct uh, outside of the Raiders coming to play against teams that are perceived as better than them. Uh, but also, I think the Cowboys, uh, our expectations and belief of the Cowboys, despite the injuries that they have, I don't think they're as good as we thought they were at the beginning of the season. I still think that they're a great team. I don't feel like they're playing to their potential. I think that people have now targeted their their weak points and they're not rallying. They're just kind of buckling down. Um, and I think that that was the difference between the Raiders and the Cowboys is the Raiders were just, I mean, they were playing like dogs, doing whatever it took, fighting till the bitter end. And I think that the Cowboys, you, I mean, you can kind of see they give up about halfway through and then something big happens and they get a little bit of a juice going and then they kind of fall back down. Yeah. They don't play very well from behind. Uh, you know, the couple times this year where they've fallen behind very early in games, they just uh, have looked lifeless from there. Um, you know, maybe that's uh, uh something to do with the coaching, not making adjustments, just the mm -hmm. overall psyche of the team. Um, but you know, you're playing Zeke Pollard looks better. Um, Pollard looked great to me. The one big thing that was a game changer in this game is Parsons didn't have the best game. And I feel like that's what a lot of it came down to. I mean, he, he didn't play bad, but he didn't have a standout game like he has been having. I think one of the other things too, is that, you know, there was a lot of fanfare and a lot of tension uh, sent towards Diggs uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. And, and I mean, rightfully so. He made a lot of highlight reel interceptions, pick sixes, saved me on that pick six that that he returned. Um, I, I can't remember which week it was, but it, I don't even remember who it was against, but I needed that. I needed them to go I cover so it. many. Um, but he's doing that uh, and selling out a lot of times. And we've seen him get burned. Um, so he's, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's a boomer bust type of corner and mm -hmm. you're going to have a regression from what he had and, and you're seeing that. So they really took advantage of that Renfro, uh, Deshaun Jackson, all of these guys had big games and it was a, it was a good game for the Raiders. So yeah. good win, uh, two road teams win. And then the third road team, the Buffalo bills, another team that is just questionable, in some of their games so far, yeah. came and really took care of everything here against uh, New Orleans, who I, is like the Lions. They don't really have a lot of NFL caliber wide receivers on this team. I agree. I mean, the Saints are just hurting altogether, and so everybody's like, the Bills are back. And to me, I'm still concerned because I, 
I mean, they won, but that offensive line is so jumbled, they don't know which way's up. The defense really saved the Bills, and then they were able to do some things against the Saints. I don't think that this is as great of a win as what everybody else is chalking it up to be. I'm not sure that the Bills have more than one win against a winning team. And I think that was against Kansas City, who, you know, at the time, and I, we don't know what Kansas City is. They've played better recently, but at the time when the Bills played Kansas City, the Kansas City looked terrible. Um, and, And, you know, maybe it was the Bills, but the Bills have a lot of wins against bad teams. They have a ton of holes, as you've highlighted. Um, but I think the emergence of some type of running game, whether it be through Singletary, whether it be through uh, Matt Breida, I, I, I feels like they've decided just Zach Moss is not the guy. And uh, I'm not sure any of these guys are, but um, Breida has been a nice little kind of bump. It looks like the Saints are saying that they are going to be starting Taysom Hill on Thursday. So going to be an exciting game I know that's running. what I'm just thinking so <laughs> I'm just thinking I do like Dawson Knox I think that he had a great game um and I think that he's going to continue continue to find his way into the end zone the way that Josh Allen is playing he's looking for a cop-out guy and that's going to be Dawson Knox it's easy you know I said this at the beginning of the year I I thought Josh Allen, you know, I I thought the ceiling was huge. I thought he was a great MVP candidate, but I had concerns that we might see something closer to a 2019 Josh Allen. There's no crowds last year, just had kind of like that immaculate season, not unlike Carson Wentz had a couple of years ago, where just everything seemed to go right. You could do no wrong. Um, I don't think Josh Allen is what we saw last year. I don't think he's what he was in his early career. He is somewhere in between there and developing, but uh, he has been pretty disappointing overall this year. Not in this game, but overall this year. Yeah. I think you get him behind a solid offensive line, and we see MVP Josh Allen again. Oh, man, we've got Johnny Danger talking about Dawson Knox. Loves to talk about Dawson Knox, his favorite player. Um. Yeah, it's this year's Tanya. Apparently, he says people say that, but he's the person that says he's that. he's the one who puts. He's that the out only there. one who says it. He's the only. I one understand danger. I understand. It's a good comparison. It's a good comparison. Uh, but I did enjoy the couple of weeks that Dawson Knox was hurt because I didn't have. To um, Ouch. <laughs> let's get into the Sunday games. Let's talk about a game that's near and dear to my heart here. Um, you know, this is probably the reason Sam decided not to uh, oh, man. come on the show, but the Steelers were just absolutely rocked by RB1 Joe Mixon. You know, there's a lot of guys that are over on the Rum Boys network that are big, massive Joe Mixon haters. They don't mm-hmm. think he's very good. I'm not saying Robbie himself, but, may I mean, he allows that type of slander to happen. But I think, I, I don't know, is, is Joe Mixon, I think he's like the RB2 overall. Uh, if you take Derrick Henry out of it, you keep him in there, he's like RB3. This guy is having a fantastic season. People are starting to talk about it now. If Jonathan Taylor wasn't doing what he's doing, how much attention would we be talking about RB1, Joe Mixon? If Honestly, if Jamar Chase wasn't on that team, that's all we would be hearing. That's all we would be hearing. He The, the issue with him is he doesn't – he's so hit or miss you can't depend on him. From a, from a football standpoint, I'm, I'm talking like from a schematic standpoint. Like, I went to OU, so I've grown up watching this kid. And he's developed a little bit, but he does the same thing. It's like once he gets – once he starts getting that confidence and that, like, cockiness, it, like, does the opposite for him. He needs a chip on his shoulder to be able to go out and perform. And once he starts getting comfortable, he kind of half-asses things. You'll see what I'm talking about. He'll, he'll go and just, like, fall down. He doesn't – he doesn't work for extra yards unless he has that like chip on his shoulder. So that's my issue with him. I don't know. 28 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns plus involvement in the passing game. Feels like he Mm -hmm. was getting those extra yards. So uh, that's okay. They also Uh, needed this win. Look, we can, we can continue to have people be part of the Joe Mixon hater group. I have no problem. Uh, My Twitter account, a (laughs) hundred percent the uh, Joe Mixon fan club. And I like to point it out every single week and I've been doing it a lot lately. I hope Um, he keeps it up. I do. um, Yeah. I mean, just, 
you know, that team is another one of those teams that looks really good at times. The Steelers look shot. Um, This was a game, you know, a a divisional game should have been an under, but like the Steelers gave up the, I think the line was like 41 and they gave it up to the Bengals. So uh, the Bengals do have that kind of explosiveness. T Higgins, of course, comes back and, um, you know, makes a lot of people angry when he should have blown up. I think it was two weeks ago, but you know, did it here. So, yeah, I agree. Um, the Bengals are somebody to be feared. Um, it's just the Steelers, they look so bad right now. Ben looks terrible. They have Najee, and that's about it. And I know that everybody's like, oh, the defense is fine. The defense is fine. And I don't think that it is. Well, not only is it not fine, I mean, it had its pieces back and it still got ran over by Joe Mixon, but um, Watt was just put on was just put on the COVID list. So he's more than likely probably not going to be able to make it to uh, Sunday. Which is going to be terrible. Um, So, you know, going back to a point you made earlier in the show, you talked about teams starting to run the ball more. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of those teams that earlier in the year were throwing the ball at a 72% rate. Mm-hmm. Um, in this game right here, they they ran the ball 27 times, threw it only 34. Uh, Tom Brady passing attempt props really just absolutely brutalized me. Uh, but Leonard Fournette came out and just had a fantastic game. They went gave off. Him so many touchdowns, and Ronald Jones even got one himself. Jonathan Taylor on the other side scored a touchdown too. This was a pretty good game, and not one that I would have thought was going to get to 69 points um after a very very slow three-point first quarter i agree i think that they did a decent job about a decent job of shutting down taylor um it's okay so i have to capitalize on this because my day job never meets my side hustle and beat with his broken teeth do you see that yes yeah i do i do so the tooth went flying and i was so interested to see what was like what was actually happening because I saw the piece of tooth fly and the way he got hit, like if you get hit just right, right here, it can literally knock your tooth out, like from the root, like just straight out. And so I thought that's what happened. And I ended up seeing the picture later and I was like, Oh, he's going to be okay. But he, he lost number 10. He, he's like already missing a tooth below. And then he chipped his front teeth. His teeth are all crazy. And just how bad that hurt. I can't even imagine. So I mean, I have to give him props because that was insane. And I also have to capitalize on my chance to be able to talk about teeth because I never get to do that. <laughs> yeah, calling, calling it a number 10, that's just – I understand what you're saying, though. I stopped myself. I will say whenever I was taking notes from that game, it like almost felt like I was doing dental notes. Okay. <laughs> it's like num- number 10 was broken in half at the gingival third. Well, I mean, moving forward, though, how do we rank these teams? I mean, Tampa, you know, pulled out a nice win here, but they've given us some scares. I don't think that they're necessarily mm-hmm. as good but uh, as we might have thought they were earlier in the year. But I don't know if there's a lot of teams outside of them that I feel confident can go get three or maybe four wins when the playoff comes around. I used to say that about Buffalo and that, you know, despite having tough losses, whether it be against Tennessee or, you know, any of the games that they were unable to be successful in, but a Tampa is a team that you just feel like they're never actually out of it because of you know, Tom Brady. Um, just still and looking that's good. That's really where it is because we even saw them go through patches with injuries and then they came out and they still performed well. They may not have gotten every win, um, but they hung in there. They're a team that's going to be making it to the playoffs. Should do a top one. I'll work on that danger. All right. Uh, it'll be big in the Philippines, believe me. Uh, <laughs> oh, they, they love us there. Um, a, a, another game that, you know, has a ton of fantasy impact and and not necessarily in the way that it really is changing the trajectory of teams, uh, but the Dolphins against the Panthers and, you know, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey out for the rest of the year. Christian McCaffrey barely was even back. Uh, who's played more this year? Has it been Cam or has it been Christian McCaffrey? I think it's pretty equal. And unfortunately, they have about the same amount of rushing touchdowns. I, you know, it, at this point in Cam's career, he just feels, and I could be wrong, and maybe I'm perceiving this because I was always one of the biggest 
Cam backers for the longest time, defended him in so many different situations. He just feels like a selfish player right now. Uh, feels like he wants the ball. Feels like he's going to get the ball. And like you have Christian McCaffrey, even before the injury, how is this team so ineffective offensively? Mm-hmm. Um, and have we seen the last of Cam Newton in, in Carolina? Do they go to PJ Walker? I mean, he got benched. I think so. I think that what we're seeing now is exactly why he was cut from the Patriots. Yeah. And, you know, I I talked about it in a write up when he was first, you know, brought, you know, into the starting role is that we saw this very type of cam, you know, uh, economy. Like he was really, really good. Uh, could get you 30 or 40 points. Think of like the first two weeks last year, you know, the Mm -hmm. game against Seattle, the first game, I think it was even against Miami. He put up like 25, 35, something just ridiculous in terms of fantasy points, a lot of it through the ground. But then he'd have games where he'd put up five or six fantasy points, which just seems impossible for a veteran quarterback that has the running uh, ability that he does. But he's just looked terrible. Uh, The Dolphins defensively have looked better. But, you know, what do you do with DJ Moore? What do you do with Robbie Anderson? These guys shouldn't even be starting in a lot of cases at this point. I know. And just from like a football standpoint, if you think about it, you're thinking, okay, we have McCaffrey coming back. So we just need to get a quarterback who is a dual threat, but could also just hand off the ball and get out of there. Just be able to game manage. And they just made a wrong decision. Um, And so at this point, I think that his days are numbered. It just, it does stink with DJ Moore just because, I mean, what, what do you do? And, you know, I saw something about Sam Darnold. They were, somebody was showing off like quarterback passing charts on TikTok. And, you know, it was like, guess whose passing chart this was. And he showed Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has like the worst completion percentage attempts, QB rating to the left. Like, and, and you know, if somebody can pick that up on next gen stats, you know, professional defensive coordinators oh, are going to do that. And they know he's not going to throw it to the left. Um, just, just something that I thought was pretty interesting. But the Dolphins, uh, Waddle, this is another guy that I highlighted Jaylen as a possible Waddle. you know, rookie of the year candidate on the offensive side. It's probably not going to happen now that Mac Jones is having such a great, great season. Um, but, you know, Waddle has looked fantastic and is really mm-hmm. carrying this Dolphins team. Um, somehow Gaskin, you know, is still somewhat fantasy relevant and two is okay. But this is a big win for them offensively against, uh, despite all the woes that the Panthers offense has their defense has been very good this year defense stepped up a little bit so did the offensive line to me I felt like the offensive line finally got into a rhythm um they weren't great but I feel like they were much better than what we had been watching Waddle had a great game I feel like Tua had a little bit better game and I think that that's a lot of he was a little bit more comfortable in the pocket yeah, I can't say I watched a ton of this game. They didn't throw a little, a lot of highlights because there wasn't much to see. But I will say I was pretty excited because the Dolphins were my highest owned defense. And that's just, they were super cheap on FanDuel. So, um, you know, when they got that touchdown, I felt like it was going to be a great thing. It was just a good day. Um, moving- I have a buddy who's a coach there. And so I feel like I have to kind of keep up with them. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, uh, moving right along here, Patriots, Titans. I don't, you know, there is there really much to take from this game? The Titans are beat, beat up. None of their wide receivers are there. Their, their running back's not there. Somehow they've found ways to still stay relevant and win games. They just weren't able to do it against this, you know, Patriots team that doesn't seem like they have a lot of weapons, uh, at least on the outside. But in terms of running backs, embarrassment of riches with both Harris and Stevenson making neither of them necessarily uh, fantasy super relevant, but in any given week, one of them is probably going to score a touchdown. It's also New England. I was talking to Marcus Grant about this on Twitter. It's like they're the New England Patriots are the equivalent of that house that you go trick or treating at that says one candy per kid. Like that's the New England Patriots. They don't they don't want one person to be superstar status. Um, but their defense. We knew their defense was good, and they just continue to mesh. It it kind of irks my soul every time Judon has the games that he has just because I'm a Ravens fan, so I feel like we've missed out on that. Um, but they're doing a great job of developing Mac and um, playing towards his strengths, and they've kind of proven that you don't need a ton of weapons around you to be successful. You just have to do the little things. 
And I will say that this is a, you know, all the Patriots games, one of the nice things to bet, um, you know, just game props is you can usually get four and a half sacks. It's kind of like the standard four and a half, five and a half is, is the prop per, per game. Uh, the Patriots are usually good for like three or four of those themselves. And yeah, Mac Jones is usually good to give up one or two of them himself. Uh, so that's a really nice player prop to just pay attention to when, when you're going through the different games. That's um, a great tip. <laughs> next game. Um, yeah, I found that actually player props, one of the most predictable ones um, outside of like attempts, uh, passing attempts, not completions. If you can get in a same game parlay, attempts are far more easy to predict than completions or yards. Um, same thing goes with receptions, but uh, sacks, sacks is a fantastic place to go. It does, it does kind of suck towards the end of the game, but you can usually get one or two uh, when the one team's trying to catch up. So um, taking notes over here giants eagles i have really not much to say um jalen hurts is the guy that we thought he was but just wasn't for so long the regression has happened this guy is not a good quarterback uh he can run the ball he's going to be fantasy relevant in certain situations but we've seen the deficiencies that he has as a passer really become uh, an issue for this team and, and albeit they're like a couple teams we mentioned they don't have a lot of weapons for him to throw to, uh, but he looked bad against a Giants team that's not very good themselves. Only takeaway that I have here was that Saquon Barkley looked good, uh, but this Giants team is just as lost as the Eagles team. Yeah, I would say the Giants team is a little more gone. Um, the Eagles aren't going anywhere this season, but everybody should kind of watch what happens in the off season just because they brought in uncle Brian Johnson, who is sold on Jalen hurts. And that's all they're going to be working on this off season. It's just developing the past game. So um, I don't think that he had his best game, obviously, but I wouldn't say that he's a bad quarterback. Um, and I think that next year we're going to see, we're going to see him kind of, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Lamar Jackson's status, but we're going to see him kind of take that development trail that Lamar did. All right. So Taylor Heineke or Jalen Hurts, who do you want? Jalen Hurts. Taylor Heineke for me. Um, I don't want Jalen Hurts at all. Uh, I think he's really, really bad. Um, that's, I, I'm, You're not that's, the only that's, one. You're that's, not the only that's one. That's the hill I'm going to die on here. So I um, also – I I sometimes sell myself on – seeing potential so yeah it, it has nothing to do with where he went to school does it it actually doesn't it actually doesn't i think it has more to do with what i think brian johnson's going to do with him and i know that he he will die on the jalen hurts hill so i don't think jalen hurts is going anywhere um but to be able to make sure that their foot's not in their mouth he's going to put him to work all off season well, that could be a hill that uh, kills a lot of people then. Um, could be. Moving it could on, be. <laughs> we've got a Falcons team that – just another team that – and, you know, people like to talk about the parity this year. I would argue that there is a tremendous amount of parity every year, and we overblow it every year. Like, oh, it's so much parity. Maybe this year part of it is just – we don't where are the wide receivers i mean you know the titans mm -hmm. wide receivers are hurt the the lions don't have any the eagles don't have any the calvin Browns ridley don't want to catch the ball <laughs> yeah calvin ridley's probably not making it back i wouldn't come back to the falcons at this point they might not even want him to come back because they're not in this anymore and the jaguars certainly don't i mean the marvin jones uh number one wide receiver experiment has been tried in detroit and it doesn't work Mm -mm. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's a number two wide receiver. And that's not a number one. Might offense. be number three wide receiver. Maybe at this point in his career, he's <laughs> number three. But it's hard to judge that when you've got Trevor Lawrence, who uh, looks like he has the arm talent, but has no consistency. Uh, the only thing that I can take away from this is that, you know, Cordell Patterson is everything that people wanted him to be mm -hmm. for so long in the fantasy community, but just nobody would let Cordell cook. Russ stopped cooking. Cordell's in the kitchen. He's doing it everywhere. Uh, this is this is what he was drafted for in Minnesota. This is what they kind of tried to do in Chicago, but Matt Nagy's like, nah, man, that's way too great of an idea to put you at running back. We're just we're just gonna run you like two plays. We're just gonna. Tease that's it. it. Yeah, I just hope. I don't think it's sustainable. Is my only worry. 
to, to what level though? I mean, you know, if he's getting 20 touches a game, how is it not sustainable, especially from a fantasy standpoint where, you know, some of these are going to be catches out of the backfield. They're going to be um, higher value touches. His price in DFS isn't sustainable. Um, but if he continues this, where do you think Cordell Patterson is drafted next year? But do you think he's going to be able to continue this? Because I feel like the Falcons are going to Falcons him. They're going to give him 40 touches, just like the Titans did with um, Henry before he got hurt. And he's either going to get hurt or it's going to turn into everybody knows exactly how to stop them. Well, but here's the thing. So if he gets, let's say, 25, I think 40 is a little extreme. I don't think he's going to get that. But let's say he gets 15 catches and then 10 targets. Let's mm-hmm. call it target at touch, maybe even up, okay. upwards of 30. I don't think he's going to get 15 targets. Those targets are not the same type of wear and tear that the you know grinded out running game of Derrick Henry between the tackles is. So I think it's going to preserve him a little bit. Yes, he's on the older side of things for the NFL, but he, he doesn't have the miles on him like some of these other guys. Um, That's true. That's true. I, I think Cordell Patterson possibly next year – what second round do you think he sneaks into the first round if he continues this level of production i say second round i don't think he sneaks into the first round i mean i'm talking maybe like on the turn 12 team league you know you can grab two especially if he has like a flexible like can he be playing the running back position can he be a wide receiver you grab him at the turn there like and then you know you you can either then say, Hey, look, I went zero running back, but I didn't, you know, it, it just, it, it, it checks a lot of boxes, I guess. I mean, I can kind of see your argument, but I'm not taking him before the second round. Okay. That's what people we'll say about Joe Mixon too. And that was a mistake. <laughs> um, let's, let's go to uh, the disaster game here. The jets and the Texans, Zach Wilson, absolutely awful like just so bad both teams were so bad this game they really were um i just the problem from a fantasy standpoint is zach wilson has just looked absolutely atrocious uh even joe flacco in his current state and joe he looks better than than zach wilson and is better from a fantasy standpoint like they Mm -hmm. just need to sit him down like he's not ready i don't think he ever will be ready i've never been a big on Zach Wilson as a prospect, as a quarterback, and certainly not as a, you know, number two overall pick. No. What's so funny to me is everything that I read about him coming into this season was his fundamentals, his fundamentals, his fundamentals. And if you watch him, his footwork is terrible. His throw is terrible. So I'm just like, everything that you were preaching about this guy is now gone. So I don't know where we go from here. Well, I think teams need to stop taking like this cookie cutter approach for the longest time. When you brought a quarterback in the league, they sat behind another guy, you know, whether it be a year or half a year or whatever the case is. But then we've seen some of these quarterbacks, you know, step right in and be super successful. But that's not going to be the case for everybody in either situation. You know, what's right for Justin Herbert is not right for Zach Wilson, is not right for Justin Fields. Those two guys that I, on the later side of that, Fields and Wilson, you know, Wilson didn't play in a big time program, doesn't have any wins in college over, you know, a big time team. And while mm-hmm. Fields does, he was a byproduct of a, you know, a school that just lets everybody in, gets a ton of talent, has a lot of success um, and just wasn't ready for the NFL game. Whereas Justin Herbert really was. Um, and they didn't even want him to start. They were going to start a guy from this same game, Tyrod Taylor, uh, throughout the season until he got his lung punctured. And then we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. what Justin Herbert can do. So this is just a great segue into Justin Herbert, not super consistent still um, against the Broncos team that, um, I don't know, I felt like the Broncos probably should have been favored in this game. Um, but I don't know. I have to talk it. about this. Um Herbert's going to continue to have issues because of the right side of the line. He's not comfortable in the pocket. The right side of the line, they can't get it together. It's been this way. Ravens are the first ones who I watched expose it. And actually, it might have been the game before that. Um, but it hasn't gotten any better. And he's not comfortable. He's he's just not, especially against a good defense. He's going to continue to shoot himself in the foot because of what's happening on that right side. He doesn't trust them. So he's not comfortable. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, so I don't go that deep into it. I I look at some of the numbers and I try and find 
uh, patterns between games where he's successful and where he's not, whether those are just, you know, mythical patterns that I found and made up in my mind or not. You know, one of the things that I saw is that he does have to have that high completion percentage, but they've also stopped seemingly, and this has been something with the Chargers for many years. Why is Mike Williams not involved? Like, why is he not getting double-digit targets like he was the first couple weeks of the season when this team was doing very, very well? Where where are those targets at? Why are why is this not happening? You have a recipe for success, and you see mm-hmm. it in teams all the time that they just get too cute. They decide to try other things, um, or they just stop doing what they were doing. And this is a situation where this team has a recipe for success. Uh, they just choose to uh, go try some other recipes, I guess. I agree. I think that they need to put him back directly under center, take snaps underneath, give him that extra second to be able to figure out what's going on with the defense, get his composure, and I think that he's going to have a lot more success. I think you're going to see a lot more targets downfield. I think it's also a problem when your defense uh, is as bad as it is, and that puts a lot more pressure on this. I mean, the Broncos' offense with Drew Locke should not have been able to put up 28 points, but this was a – look, this was a home game. It was on a short week. Both the Chargers and the Steelers look like, you know, that they're completely gassed from that game on Monday night. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Broncos got the win here. I thought that this was uh, a, a good win. spot. Yeah, this was a good spot for an upset. Um, I'm still buying in on Mike Williams. He's only like 5,700 in DFS on, on DraftKings this week, and yeah. he still has that potential to, you know, put up uh, 130 yards on three catches and a touchdown as we've seen. So I agree uh, with you there. Yeah. And hopefully Javante Williams gets a lot more traction, a lot more run. He has, I think the most broken tackles or forced broken tackles of any running back. So of course, let's just keep running the ball with Melvin Gordon. Cause that makes sense. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. Um, I, I think I saw somebody say that he's going to start a, uh, it's going to be like a Javante Williams and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. This, these are the the running backs. It's the club of running backs that should be featured in their offense, but just they're not. I think that's a great idea. Um, next game. This one was uh, a little bit surprising too. Um, I felt like Matt Stafford was going to have a better game. Um, I felt confident all week leading up till Sunday morning where I was like, no, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I saw the reports that he was banged up. I didn't think that it was a situation where he would be completely ineffective, but this team misses Robert Woods. Uh, The Packers are good. I hate Aaron Rodgers hair. I hate when Brady had the long hair. Uh, He just looks so silly out there, but uh, the guy is the MVP right now. And Matt Stafford has got to fix whatever is going on here. Yeah, I agree with you on all of the above. All of the above. That hair's just terrible. It should have been in Mind and Danger's hair podcast, but we never got it in there. Long hair, don't care. Yeah, I mean, I care. It looks It's like the greasiness, too. It's not even just like, he just looks, I don't know. Like, if I saw him in an alley, you can bet I'd be turning around and going the long way home. Yeah, because he's going to ask you for money is what it looks like. I mean. It just looks dirty i don't know but maybe he needs that level of careless like uh reckless abandon about everything that's going on in the world for him to be just this ultra successful guy that can get past the nfc championship game um but yeah look uh I, i don't think obj is the guy that he was you know those one or two seasons i think it's something that we cling to um like we see the potential we saw the ceiling and we saw the ceiling so early that we thought that there were more, there was going to be more of that, but there just might not be. It's the same thing that happened with Josh Gordon. You remember when everybody rushed to go get Josh Gordon on their fantasy team when he signed with the Chiefs? I was like, we, we do this every year, guys. We do this There's every always year. One. My question for you is, do you think that we were all like, oh, OBJ, or do you think OBJ was telling us, you guys need to pick up OBJ? I like I want to create, you know, if I was good at video editing, I would create a a kind of montage of passes that OBJ just dropped or didn't run the right route and send it to to his dad and him. Like you're not that guy. Like you're go ahead not. and add you LeBron were. to add you LeBron were. to that that <laughs> list too. No, I agree. I'm honestly like I'm not an OBJ fan. And I think that the additions that they brought in actually hindered the team a little bit. 
there's no reason that defense shouldn't just be demolishing people. Like, quarterbacks should not be able to do anything. It should be sack after sack after sack. I don't I know what's that, happening. I think that they, there's some level of gelling there. But, you know, the thing is, we we saw what Matt Stafford was in Detroit. And I think this is a better version of that. He has more weapons, but you know, there were seasons where Matt Stafford had great teams around him, uh, poor coaching, bad defenses, just a variety of different things happened. Um, he's going to have situations like this. I don't think all the turnovers in this game were his fault, but um, you know, they've got to kind of figure this out. It's just, it's crazy that Matt Stafford gets traded to the Rams, probably thinks that he's going to have some semblance of a running back and running game. And then it's ended up with like Henderson, who's better than pretty much anything he ever had in Detroit, but still this isn't Cam Akers. This isn't what you thought of. Be it said and done, he's probably much happier mm-hmm. in LA than he would be in Detroit. So, and this is this is one thing that's wild to me is we kind of were talking about teams changing things up on quarterbacks earlier. He was running; they were running the most empty out of anybody in the league, and it was working. And then all of a sudden, he just wasn't vibing with it. Stafford looked terrible out of empty. Nothing changed other than Stafford. So I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's something under the se- like behind the scenes that we're not seeing. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know if him and Cooper Cup are still having breakfast, but we need to figure that out. And, yeah. You know, they need to get it together. I need and, Cup back. Yeah, you know, have like a, have an everything bagel with some cream cheese. Like <laughs> oh. it's a great way to start the day. You know, one of Dave's bagels, nice protein-based one. It's fantastic. Get a um, latte, feel good. Yeah, that's what they need to be doing. That's probably what it is. Maybe they changed their diet of, you know, it's like bulking season or something. Who knows? Um, Kirk Cousin lines up under a guard, um, and people go nuts about it. Like, look, they lost the game. So if I was Kirk Cousins, and I'm not, but if I was, I would be like, yeah, like, hey, this this is funny, right? Like, oops. Like, I think – at this point in his career, he's earned the, hey, yeah, I screwed up, man. Like, it happened. Like, laugh it off. Um, everybody points to this as why he's not an elite quarterback. There's a lot of reasons he's not an elite quarterback, but he's, like, right on that fringe. Uh, but this game, just, again, the Vikings have all these weapons, and a guy that has underperformed fantasy-wise and won't be performing this week, I uh, hope he gets better, but Dalvin Cook goes down. We're going to get Madison. Madison going against Detroit, 7600 on DraftKings. I don't know if that's a price I want to pay, but Eli Mitchell is a guy that I want to pay for, and Debo Samuel seems like he needs to be in every lineup all the time. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking about it because I'm trying to teach my little sister a little bit more about football. She's 12, and she – like we were talking about the Niners and I was just thinking like, how am I going to explain Debo Samuel? And like, say, uh, show, show Cordell Patterson. <laughs> show Cordell Patterson. There you go. This is the, I'm about this it. Is him. So no, I agree with you though, with cousins laugh it off. I think that if they, if they would have won that game, it would not have been as big of a deal. He is sure. going to be a gift that I use multiple times. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 the whole thing was funny. Some people were saying it was like, oh, it could have been a fake. But then, like, Madison's like, no, bro, you need to get under here. This is not a wildcat fake. Um, he should have just played it off. Like, that would have been a great play, too. Um, but I hope that the, this offense can get it together. They are playing Detroit. Uh, teams playing uh, divisional opponents. Here's another little betting tip for you. Divisional opponents. Uh, after like week 10 are like 62%. They went four or five last week. So bet the under Vikings in Detroit. Um, I think it's like at 40, 42, something like that. Maybe it's a little bit different, but bet the Again, under. taking notes. Yeah, just bet all the unders on divisional games from now on. Round robin it and or don't round robin it, but you should still hit at 60%. You should be good. You'll profit. Pretty good percentage to me. Another divisional game, the last one of the week, a divisional game. It was the Ravens and the Browns in, you know, it seems like every week in primetime, every week I see, you know, discords that I'm in. People are like, is this the worst game of football ever? And it's like, no, like, guys, we we had the, we had the Saints and the Seahawks. We had uh, another game that I don't even want to remember from like a week or two ago. And now we had the Ravens and Browns where both of these teams just kept throwing the ball back and forth to each other. Um, And somehow the Ravens came out uh, as the winner from a a phenomenal 
Mark Andrews catch that was almost a pass interference. They almost didn't give him the fantasy points for it. They almost did not. And I, I remember seeing so many tweets immediately. They were just like, if they screw up my fantasy points for this, people were so upset. Um, no, that that was a that was a great pass. But Lamar, four picks. I mean, he said himself, he's got to be better. That I tweeted out the first half and I said, do you guys think we're going to see any offense the second half? And I meant it. I think Debo, and I mean, that's an okay comparison. I think it's yeah. a little bit different. Debo's, a, I feel like, a bigger guy and a better weapon, but Le'Veon Bell in his prime was the opposite of running back that could be a wide receiver that's kind of really opened up the position for what it is now. But Cordell Patterson and Debo are doing things that I think are going to change the dynamic a lot of offenses and, and kind of open up that that kind of wide receiver that's become a running back. We've seen it even like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mm -hmm. These guys are getting carries. Uh, Tyreek Hill has for a long time. But getting back to this game, um, how does uh, Nick Chubb not get three more yards at the end of that game is what uh, my friend Pete Guggs wants to know. I think that's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> I think that, really, I think that's what everybody wants to know. I think that Baker included. Um, but I will say that the Ravens defense came to play. Like, they were shut down city. At what point do we have to just say, hey, Baker, it's 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 done this year, man. Like you're not better than Case Keenum, right? Maybe ever, but um at least right now, you're you're not better than Case Keenum. Right now, I, I agree. I would say go take care of your body. I think the issue is is there's contract on the line. Yeah, but I you know at this but, point I mean that's what it comes down to. I think that I don't think he's doing himself any favors by no, staying out not. there though. That that's the thing. The contract I think is getting worse. I mean, this will give him more time to do commercials and whatnot. I think Case Keenum needs to come in here and step in and and quite frankly, find a way to get Dearness Johnson more involved too. You can have three running backs. Why not? And I agree with that one hundred percent. One Baker is putting his body on the line and his receivers just have proven they are not going to catch the ball. They're well, not going to get open. He doesn't have receivers. He doesn't yeah. he has, he has Jarvis Landry and David Njoku, who they don't use nearly enough. No, not at all. Um, not at all. Like That was a phenomenal catch, too. I mean, yeah. Andrews, Njoku, uh, they both have phenomenal catches, unlike Logan Thomas tonight, who apparently did not have a catch. Um, oh, guess, shots fired. <laughs> Apparently, apparently. I mean, I thought it was a catch, but I, I'm okay with it. But yeah, the, you know, the, this Browns offense feels like they have some weapons that they can utilize, uh, but they do a pretty poor job of it. I think they do a poor job of rotating Chubb and Hunt and, um, mm -hmm. how, you know, just this offense inside the 10 yard line, inside the red zone. Uh, the, I, this Browns team should be, you know, 8 4. I agree. I think they've also had some major issues with the offensive line. Not, I mean, they have a great offensive line, but they can't keep them healthy. And that throws off a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, if I'm Baker this year, I'm tapping out and saying like, I'm going to go take care of my body, do some commercials. I mean, the guy's like the Lisa Rinna of the NFL. He doesn't say no to any business opportunity. Say, like, I need you to go sell, like, hemorrhoid cream, and he'd be on the first commercial. Well, look, you know, some of these guys understand that their careers can be short. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that – I don't know. A, a guy like Baker, I think he thinks he's probably better than he is, but he probably realizes he's not as good as some of these quarterbacks that have the longevity. I personally would take Taylor Heineke over Baker Mayfield, especially in his current state. But, um, I, I, look, if you're out there, you know, make the most of it. You're not making that much as a player. Um comparatively to other sports that is make a lot yeah. more than me um so you know do the commercials why not build a brand for yourself no i'm all for it um but yeah he's he's destroying his body so i think that you're absolutely right the one benefit baker has to is being able to throw the ball and that's not happening right now so go ahead tap out take care of your body let the Browns do the Browns this year and then try to come back. Look, if he doesn't do it, I think a, a good comparison to a quarterback that also didn't take care of themselves, got banged up, and we talked really poorly about him earlier in this show is Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Baker's not what Cam Newton was in his prime, but I think the comparisons are there. Cam played through a lot of injuries within his shoulder, um, a lot of injuries other places where he just didn't attend to that. And by the time he attended to it, he was, he was outside of – 
his playing window. And, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what Baker is worried about, but um, I think he's young enough that uh, that shouldn't be a concern for him. He needs to take care of it and, and, you know, give it a go, whether it's with this Browns franchise or somebody else, you never mm-hmm. know. I agree. I think the Browns are sold on them, whether they want to admit it or not though. Yeah. I mean, we'll look at what came out of the draft this year. Um, so as much as I'm talking on Baker right now, there's not a quarterback that came out of this draft that I would say, you know what, I'd rather have him, uh, you know, maybe some of these guys will progress to it, but you know, when you don't have the certainty of it, I, I'm not, I'm not sold on any of these guys. I think Trevor Lawrence will end up probably being the best, but, um, you think so? Yeah. I just think that you're not, I just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to have, he's going to be the best quarterback. Will he be thought of as the best quarterback? Maybe not. I think Mac Jones is going to be in the best situation. Um, you know, you look at a guy like even, for example, Tom Brady, who we revere as the best quarterback of all time, and, and rightfully so. Think about Tom Brady early career. Tom Brady early career was not very good. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot, though. That's um, true. And, you know, the parallel on the same team is there. When you get these quarterbacks that are put into situations that are not asked to do a lot because the team is better around them, and these aren't the guys that are drafted one, two, three, four, five, you know, those type of situations just lead to better quarterbacks. Patrick That's Mahomes true. on a team that was drafted like, you know, eighth or ninth, he got to sit and that team developed, but all these other guys, you, you know, you, you get capped out, you get, you turn into Derek Carr, not a bad thing, but like, you know, not somebody that's going to make it to Canada. Not Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I feel like Trevor Lawrence has regressed. I think that he was put into a really crummy situation, but I'm not sold that he's going to be able to, perform as a top five NFL quarterback ever. Well, and it just depends if he stays there with Urban Meyer and that situation stays the way that it is. I think that that's a, that's a real concern. Um, you know, there are situations that ruin quarterbacks. David Carr's one, I think Joey Harrington's mm-hmm. another um, from Detroit. So that's why that one pops up. But, you know, there are plenty of these guys that were just put into situations with huge expectations and end up uh, not being able to live up to it because of the situation that they're put in. And it just shatters and ruins their confidence. Um, But I just think that the arm talent from Trevor Lawrence is there. I'd like to see some more weapons around him. I think that if you put him, if you switch him and Mac Jones, do you, do you feel that Mac Jones would have, as much success no. as Tre- I, I think Mac Jones would have be worse than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence would be better than Mac. Um, how much? I don't know, but I, I think that but that's I, where I'm looking at potential. If you take like the variables out of it and you put Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones in the same system, like if they came up together, I'm still taking Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence solely because I feel like Trevor Lawrence um, is not very adaptable. Okay. Well, that being said, if you put Zach Wilson or, or Fields on that uh, Patriots team, I still think they both suck. So I agree. Uh, <laughs> that's look. That's it for the look back. We ran a little long today. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? No. Happy birthday, Sam. Happy birthday, that's all Sam. I got. All right. Well, uh, Sam and Maddie will be back same place, same time next week. Uh, you can find me in danger on Wednesday nights, probably the same time that Manny and Doc are doing it. We do a more DFS-focused show. So depending on what you like, whether it's DFS, it's seasonal, we have a show for you on Wednesday. Um, and check us you out can, at drroto.com. Yeah, I always catch it on the replay. So even though I don't get to tune in live, I'm always there. Great show, by the way. Yeah, I watch you guys on Thursday morning when I'm playing video games. So Hey, I appreciate that. All right, I'll talk to you later. Uh, thanks, everyone. <laughs>